liberals, I need you to wake the fuck up. It's basically 30 days until the election. And and I don't know why the entire country isn't losing their shit over the fact that we have 30 days until it's the chance for peace and prosperity or doom. Yeah. This is If I Had a Podcast with Ashley Terrell. Every season we take on a different issue. This season we're taking on the election. Um, this is not a normal time. There's a ton of shit going on from COVID to your finances, to racial injustice, to the environment. All of these things are important, but let me tell you, from now into the election, nothing else should matter except the election. I am a Democrat. I am a liberal. I am progressive, whatever the fuck you want to call me. I do not want to wake up on November 4th and wonder if we won. I do not want to wake up and wonder what else could I have done. I know I've got Trump supporter friends, so you guys might want to cut out now unless you want to find out my strategy for the election. Think back to, let's go back to 2008, right? Think of the grassroots action that went into Obama's campaign. Think about how many events, how many people were organizing, how many people were knocking on doors. Think of how sophisticated and how highly intelligent that campaign was. Where, where is that right now? <laughs> Where are, you know, the Biden-Harris people out canvassing, knocking on doors, you know, getting you to pledge money? I mean, no offense to them. Like, it's a shit year, and nobody knows really how, how to pull the election to all the way to actually go vote this year. But just the sheer volume that Obama's campaign was able to generate to make you be thinking, to get you enthusiastic, that doesn't exist right now. And hey, people, when something doesn't exist, we're not supposed to like look at you know the politicians and say, why aren't you doing a better job? We are the ones who on November 4th will wake up with the outcome and have to live with the outcome. It's up to us. This is our life. This is our country. And it's not enough to just raise your voice and, and be prepared to vote. Look, our democracy is a numbers game. I mean, if it was purely based on the numbers, the popular vote would decide elections, which means every single vote counts and matters and determines the election. We know that's not the case. We know that, for example, in 2016, Clinton took the popular vote. I don't give a fuck what Trump says. Clinton won the popular vote, but that's not what the election is based on. We use something called the Electoral College, which we still haven't removed, even though we know it's an antiquated system. Yet these are the rules that we play by, and so liberals and let's game the fucking system and by that I don't mean let's do something illegal let's look at the numbers be rational humans strategize be smart about it and win I have no doubt this man is going to take the board 
in the exact same way he did in 2016, with the exception of one state, and that is Texas. I am all in on Texas. It is the one conservative state, Republican state, that is edging towards being blue. And let me tell you, (laughs) we flip Texas, we take the whole shebang. It's got 38 electoral college points. 30 fucking eight. You know what that means? Trump can take every state he did last time if he doesn't take this one state. We win. What I can't understand is why the DNC is focusing on Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan and Florida and Ohio. I'm sorry, the swing states are a foregone conclusion. The momentum in swing states, if you're talking about Florida, if you're talking about Michigan, if you're talking about Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Ohio, it is a foregone conclusion. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the DNC has looked at the map, they've looked at the numbers, they have a strategy, and that was kind of what we thought last time, right? Well, here to give it to you straight, Michigan native and filmmaker Michael Moore was right last time. He was truly the only one who saw, you know, whatever in the tea leaves or in the cards or in the cosmos or just the facts because this man lives in one of these swing states and called it last time. Guess what he's saying this time? Here I am to quote. Sorry to provide a reality check again, again to the Democrats. Are you ready for a Trump victory, question mark? Are you mentally prepared to be outsmarted by Trump again, question mark? Do you find comfort in your certainty that there's no way Trump can win, question mark? Are you content with the trust you've placed in the DNC to pull this off, question mark? No to all of those. No, I am not ready for a Trump victory. No, I am not prepared to be outsmarted, nor do I want to be, and neither should you. Do I find comfort in the uncertainty? No, I want a surefire strategy. And on top of that, no, I don't have trust in the DNC. They have had four years to find a strategy. Four years. Where are Biden and Harris campaigning? Florida, Michigan. What does that tell you? Swing states. Where even if we got one, which will be a miracle, we still don't take the election. So anyways, getting back to my point, Texas, I will explain the numbers, but Texas has a huge shot at going blue and we got two months to change the game. If the Dems take Texas, I hate these names, Dems, who says Dems? Anyways, if the Dems take Texas and Trump takes everything else that he took in 2016, Democrats, 270 points. Trump, 268. That's called a victory. Let me explain why I think we can get there. In the 2016 election, Clinton lost Texas by an estimated 800,000 votes. Now, you might say 800,000 votes. That's a lot of votes. But let me remind you of a few things. First, the population of Texas. The population of Texas is 29 million people. 29 million people. So again, 800,000 is not a lot when you're talking about 29 million people in a state. Now, of those 29 million people, 
16 million are currently registered to vote, which is a 2 million person increase from the 2016 election. Number two. Of those 29 million people, in 2016, 42.6% voted. Now, let me go to another figure. In 2008, 46% of Texans voted. 46% versus 2016's 42.6%. That means a million people who voted in 2008 sat out the 2016 election. Now, again, 800,000 not looking like a terrible balance when you're looking at these numbers. There are populations that might be liberal who did not vote, who were not energized, who didn't feel like there was a candidate on the ballot who reflected their interests. For example, in 2016, the African-American vote fell in Texas. 63% in 2012 to 56%. 7% in 2016. Only 6% of a population that did not vote in 2016 that just might in 2020. Another population that liberal pollsters were hoping would turn on 2016 is the Hispanic vote. And while there was a slight increase from 388 percent to 40.5 percent in Texas. It was not the increase that they were looking for. However, that could change. So beyond those numbers, which could fluctuate just in the election alone, we could see that 6% in the African-American community go to the ballot box. We could see a rise in the Hispanic vote. We could see a greater turnout from liberal cities like Austin, El Paso, Houston, and believe it or not, even Dallas. All of this could change the presidential election in Texas. There's a third thing that no one has really talked about, or I shouldn't say no one, I'm about to bring up um, both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party that has taken notice of this trend in Texas. But there has been a migration trend of liberals who have lived in overpopulated, I call them liberal surplus states like California, like New York, who have left San Francisco, left LA, left New York City, and guess where they've gone? Texas. Just so you can kind of wrap your head around what I mean as far as a liberal surplus state. In the 2016 election, Clinton won Los Angeles, not even a state. I'm talking the city of Los Angeles by 1.7 million votes. She took the entire state of California by 4.3 million votes. Now imagine if we could wave a magical liberal wand over the state of California and get one million of those liberal voters to move to Texas. Well, you don't even have to imagine it because it's already been happening. Dreams of turning this once red state blue and commanding its 38 electoral college points recently got an unexpected bump. Pre-COVID, there was another thing that was making people leave California in droves. They were leaving because of California's new law, AB5, which took effect on January 1st, 2020. 
it had swiftly had a negative and adverse effect on the state's freelancer workforce. This, coupled with other issues, whether it be high rents, real estate, taxes, forced freelancers and other California residents to leave in Exodus. Guess where their number one destination has been? You guessed it. Texas. That fact is coming from the San Francisco gate. And if you need more confidence in this idea that there are liberals moving to Texas, how about this? Over the last nine years, Austin has been the fastest growing major city in the U.S. for the last nine years. On average, there's 170 people moving to Austin each day, which accounts or amounts to about 60,000 people per year over the last nine years. That's a lot of people moving to Austin. And if you don't know anything about Austin, Austin is pretty liberal. Because of this trend, Democrats launched the largest voter registration ever in Texas, according to ABC News, to flip the state blue. Why is this not being talked about? Republicans are noticing, too. Last summer, a new super PAC raised nearly $10 million to register new Republican voters in Texas. This is via the Texas Tribune. Months later, Texas Republicans sounded the alarm about the rapidly evolving liberal change within the state's electorate. Texas is in play. I want to put it over the edge. Tune in to the next episode and help me flip Texas. Here on If I Had a Podcast, we discuss everything from politics to sex, health, travel, love, money, and culture. This podcast was brought to you by Fembot Media.